Are you living the crazy life of a sports parent? This is Sports Parenthood, the podcast packed with cool conversations with sports people, coaches and professionals for rookie sports parents just like you. You'll hear nuggets of gold in every episode with your hosts, fellow sports parents, John and Tiffany Bonacera. This week on Sports Parenthood, it's just the two of us. Just the unfortunately. two of us. Unfortunately. <laughs> no guest to keep us on the straight and narrow. You can already tell it's <laughs> going, going to be, be an interesting episode. John, I already know you have a few strong opinions on some of the topics we'll be discussing today. But first, mm-hmm. how does it feel to kick off the footy season? It feels awesome. Oh it feels God. great. <laughs> well, obviously, we've had a pre-season. It's been fairly rigorous, as we've spoken about before. Testing protocols and daily tests and people in and out of training. So it's great to have some footy going and trials. I uh, mean, for every club that some new faces on the scene and some young, some of our younger kids really shone the other night. And it was exciting to see them on the big stage and having a bit of a laugh with them afterwards about going home to watch themselves on Fox or KO. And a couple of them said, JB, I... I couldn't even believe it. I was just watching myself play and I could hear the commentator calling my name and I was like, that's me. Oh, and you actually told me a, a story about something that happened on the sideline with that you're involved in. You were likened to a <laughs> former Seagulls oh, player. Mate, that's a big flattery for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, one of the younger kids was just practicing his passing before he went on in the last 15 minutes of the game. And he was throwing a couple of balls to me and some funny person in the crowd called out Jeff Tuvey and... I was thinking, I wish, not even close. But um, but share the same hairstyle. But that's the only thing we've got in common. <laughs> Jeff's got me in every facet of footy, I can assure you. I know, so, true. Exactly. So <laughs> it was flattery for me and not so flattering for Jeff. <laughs> well, coming back to the topic today, I'm sure you want to know what are sports parents talking about in 2022? Well, I know the sports team WhatsApp groups are in full ping, Tiff. <laughs> Schedules being posted, jersey numbers finalised and training times firmed up as we head into what I guess we could consider another uncertain year of kids' sport. Speaking of which, though, the school swimming carnivals typically mark the start of the new school year, which has been a little bit bittersweet. For example, our kids' carnival was last week. The sweet part was the carnival went ahead for our eldest especially, who was a competitive swimmer. This was a win. Yeah, certainly after having a couple of carnivals cancelled last year, she was very excited to get back in the water. I was lucky enough to be one of the parent volunteers on the day and I was assigned the role of timekeeping coordinator. Look, (laughs) I don't exactly know what that means other than to say I'm sure it was handpicked. What do you mean? Because I don't well, have any other Was there a responsibility? Talent. I just had to rally together the timekeepers. <laughs> to rally them? Well, there was a little bit of complication in understanding to one which end, end of the pool we needed to be at. Is that, the, kind of... is that the only suggestion? Mm, that's all I did. That's all you did and mm-hmm. just talk to people with your mask on? Correct. Yeah? It's exactly what I did. The carnival itself was competitors only. And given the current circumstances here in New South Wales, that means no cheering, no kids' cohorts in year groups. Well, kids cohorting in year groups. What the oh, hell? Well, you know what I'm trying to I say? I understand exactly what you mean. Year sevens with year sevens, etc. not in their houses mm-hmm. because but it didn't there's come no out cheering. Right. Uh, mask wearing, which you are the leader of. Mm-hmm. And I wore two actually. They're the all day. very necessary, of course. But what that means is there's not a lot of it's fun. It's not fun. Mm. And yeah. the swimming carnival and athletics carnival and, and things of that sort 
what it's about is the chants and the cheering and the wearing of house colors and colored zinc and the high level atmosphere and the fun and you can't do that with competitive swimmers only mm. and no one in the crowds and the other thing that happens on those days generally is kids that may not normally participate in organized sport they get involved mm. they, if they're not cheering etc sometimes they even swim just Have to get a, a house a couple of to 50s. get a house point for their house and they're engaged mm. and on these occasions now they're not even there. Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear, or hear from from you listening. You yeah, know, how, how it your played kids out with your kids and how you feel, feel about. And perhaps some of your kids really enjoy the day and didn't even get to go. Mm, mm, and that's mm. really disappointing. And it really is a really big. Yeah, well, look, it is. For COVID. And to add to that, at the pool we were at on that day, and obviously I say we, but I wasn't present, it was a half day. Mm. And then there's another school starting at lunchtime. Yeah, my gosh, the program was really, really fast to get through. So, you know, when you've only got competitive swimmers and they're mm. walking off the blocks, getting out of the pool at one end, walking down the mm. other end and getting back in for another event, look, it is what it is and they managed to get it done, mm. but it certainly got its flaws. I'm going to give our, our eldest daughter a cheeky plug. She did actually uh, snap up the 50-metre breaststroke record at, at school in her age group. So I guess that was a, a nice little way to, yeah, to um, finish the day. It was. Next, sports parents and sports kids. We've all been talking about the Winter Olympics in Beijing. And the Beijing Games concluded uh, yesterday on the 20th of February after certainly an intense few weeks of competition and serious drama. In our household, the conversation centred around the incredible bravery of the athletes doing what appear to be incredibly dangerous events how mad is it like seriously it's literally every single event is absolutely crazy except for well we're going to get to curling well we're going to get to curling so just to be clear we are not a family of snow sporters no we're not is that a word no yeah we're not we lived in canberra for eight years and we went to the snow once Mm. we loved it but that but was your only... fault because you play sport in winter. You're, you're not well, there Well, my work during... does make it difficult. So although we're not winter sports people, we really enjoyed watching it. And the game sparked some discussion around the sports that the kids hadn't had a lot of exposure to. And you mentioned it earlier, curling was definitely one of them. <laughs> and our youngest Miller was like, what are they doing? They're like brushing it. And we're like, yeah, they're helping to try and guide I said it's like lawn bowls on ice and they're trying to guide. Mm. I don't even know what their thing's called. It, is, it is a brushing action. Yeah, yeah it is. They they're, do they're, call they're, it a brushing like, action. It's almost like polishing the ice to try and direct uh, their thing into the right area. Did and you Did you watch the curling? Did anyone? I did watch a little of the curling. Did, yeah. yeah. I watched some of what the Australians it, actually do the Absolutely. Curling. But like some of the other things, the way these people conduct themselves, they're literally doing flips and turns. Like five stories in the air. So the freestyle skiing and the ski jumping, they're of the events are out of this world. So we all looked on in disbelief at how these competitors actually have the courage to do this stuff. So, you know, for our girls, we talked about we're not a sort of a snow sport family, but really the only insight they'd had before sort of watching these games were through some popular movies such as Eddie the Eagle and Cool Runnings, which you've probably watched yourselves. And a a day at the Threadbro. Threadbro. Threadbow. Ski school, which Mm. they probably don't remember, but it was fun nonetheless. But just watching, you know, even the snowboarding and the half pipe and the moguls and the speed with which they travel, it's just incredible. Hats off to all of those Olympians and 
just how far they push it. So, you know, being parents of, I guess, adolescent athletes for the most part, um, I guess the, the women's figure skating was probably one event that captured a it's fair bit of attention. very topical. So the, the Russian athletes in particular, they're the ones who have uh, been making headlines. It's been hard to read and it's been hard to watch. And we're not going to go into the nitty-gritty of it all, but one of the most chilling situations is when Alexandra Trusova was inconsolable after winning silver and is reported as saying, I hate skating, I hate it, I hate this sport, I will never skate again. And that's after winning silver. Well, it actually, you know, I have a reputation for tears coming to my eyes, but it actually brings tears to my eyes thinking about a young athlete feeling yep. that much resentment and hatred. Um, and um, and I clearly, can't even put the words clearly around Clearly, she's been pushed to the limit. Mm. And I know that in listening to International Olympic Committee President Thomas Bach, he noted how disturbed he was by the intense pressure on the young Russian skaters. But... Essentially, here's the thing. These athletes hail from a club in Moscow called Sambo 70, which is headed up by coach Atiri Tutperes, known for producing one-time Olympic wonders who, and we quote from the Sydney Morning Herald article, are lean and young. So from what I understand, this is a, a kind of a gold medal factory in Moscow and the ice skaters who join as children are often left as broken young adults. Look. It's not the first sport mm. that it has happened in. But how do we feel about this? And I think that's it's, what we're trying to get to the bottom of. You know, you see these teenage athletes who are who are literally falling apart before our eyes. Um, and, and I guess in their, their, from their country's perspective, perhaps they are seen as not, not as failing. Um, but, you know. And or disposable mm, because uh, mm. they're, as you put them, as you said, they're one-time Olympic wonders. Mm. And what that essentially means is churning out a medal, and then off to the scrap heap and we'll, we'll and, get the next one in line. As as people who watch snow sports and, and snow events and events like the Winter Olympics, how do how does it make us feel? Does that turn us off watching these types of events knowing that these athletes are probably being pushed beyond their limits or do we continue to watch knowing that what goes on behind the scenes is not the right thing to be doing? I think the win-at-all-costs scenario... Um, is not something that is new to sport. Um, it's something that many countries have worked very hard to stamp out. Uh, I'm not going to suggest that it's only happening in Eastern European countries because that's not true. Mm, it's but quite prevalent there. It, it is quite prevalent um, and in some of Asian countries as well. But obviously we've had things around US gymnastics. We've had things around Australian swimming. There's multiple things mm. that that people talk about and talk about at a high level and it it's just not acceptable mm. but i'm not sure of how we can fix it yeah because so much of it's happening behind closed doors and well we're, we're only seeing the finished product i don't know how you fix it but as 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 people who who are i guess guiding sports kids and i know that our kids are not necessarily in that environment but do some of our listeners have have kids that are participating in winter sports mm. and a and now aspirational to the point of how Olympics. How do they feel about this and how much does it differ within yeah. different uh, countries and cultures? Indeed. We'd be really interested to hear what your yeah, thoughts are it on isn't, that. It isn't something that we've spoken about very much and we certainly don't have face-to-face -face contact with people involved in, in things like figure skating. Mm. So we'd be, we would love to hear from you. Look, in the end, mm, it's a Australia real... finished 17th mm. in the Beijing Games, yep. winning one gold with Jakara Anthony's 
history-making gold medal performance in the women's moguls. Uh, silver medalist Jacqueline Narricott in the women's skeleton and Scotty James in the men's snowboard halfpipe. With a bronze also going to Tess Cody, which we spoke about in one of our most recent episodes. One mm. thing that's current for us is team gradings. Mm-hmm. And they are happening at this time of year. It's definitely happening at this time of year, without question. It's happening all over the place. So with mm. sport kicking off, we've got gradings for what do we got at this time of year? Most of the winter sports, obviously, mm. your, your rugby's and your soccer's and mm-hmm. uh, your netballs and basketball for the basketball season, even though it goes year round. Um, but who made what team? Who didn't? And why? It's a obviously, it's a funny thing, grading, isn't it? Well, obviously, the idea behind grading is it ensure well, it's trying to ensure that teams play with and against players of similar similar skills and ability. So. That's, that's that's understandably why it happens, it? but unfortunately, there's a bit of a, a murky undertone sometimes as to how it actually all plays out, and this is perhaps what sports parenthood sports parents are talking about with team lists coming out. I think with team lists, and obviously, as you said, it's designed that it becomes a fairly level playing field, mm. and that the kids that are heavily invested in the in the chosen sport are playing with kids that are of a similar ilk, mm. and the kids that are just literally there, in a perhaps in a soccer example, to have a kick around with their friends, are also put in a grade where they can enjoy themselves, and they're not being outplayed, or they they may not be as fit as other people present mm. in the. They play at a level that's suitable for them so that they're enjoying themselves too and they're not lost to the sport. I get the actual philosophy behind it, but when the names come out on a printed sheet of paper, not everyone agrees with it. Well, I think, and I sometimes yeah. parents kick up a stink about it. Well, Let's look, be honest. Yeah, they do. They do. They do. And and look, to a degree, there's so many factors that go into the grading like of a of a sporting of a of a team. There's positions. Mm. So you might be a very good player. But you may play a particular position that mm-hmm. there's two people in your age group that are playing at your club that are actually better than you, but you could potentially be the third best player in the team. Mm. And you go back and play at another grade. Mm-hmm. Or there's people always on the fringe. Mm-hmm. If there's a Div 1 and a Div 2 or a Div 1 and a Div 3 and you're around that middle ground, sometimes you miss out and sometimes you're fortunate. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, there's the people that are well-established in the club, mm-hmm. families involved, club president, whatever. And by the way, we're not focusing on any sport in particular or any club. We're speaking generically. And sometimes people get into a team and everyone goes, oh, well, you're kidding. And on the other hand, someone misses out mm. and they're very disappointed, as you said. So how are sports parents supposed to react if we feel like perhaps our child has not been graded in the best way? I think you can always have an intelligent conversation with a club representative and mm-hmm. ask some questions about it. But being aggressive or suggesting, oh, my Johnny should have been picked is never going to work. Mm-hmm. What it's more about is asking some questions about the grading process, mm-hmm. how it was decided and where they saw uh, your, your child mm-hmm. and why they have graded them the way they have. And perhaps identify ways that they can improve. Well, there has to be, yes, mm-hmm. as in mm-hmm. what you're referencing is, not the parent telling. No, 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 no. no you're the saying the, the coach the, and or, or the, the selector, selector. Yes. says this is what we really need mm-hmm. from your child, mm-hmm. and what we hope we'll see this year, mm-hmm. and that will help them progress if they would like to. Mm. But they are difficult conversations to have. Mm. You definitely can't keep everybody happy all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's just it's a factor in life. And I would argue 
going in aggressively and being disrespectful and rude is going to Never ultimately be work. detrimental to your child. <laughs> Never. Never, ever, 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 ever going to work. But it's always, always possible to ask questions mm. and to ask them reasonably. Mm. And we know we've done the same. Mm-hmm. We have. Mm-hmm. And we've been able to give that feedback to our daughter. Mm-hmm. This is what the coaches would like to see more of from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess another thing that we um, have experienced and you've probably experienced it too is, um, you know, and we have discussed it um, along the way in the podcast is just the trial processes, uh, trial yeah. process as well. And one of the things that we've probably noted that doesn't work so well is when, for example, a sports team has a, an incumbent say, let's call it a first division, first yeah, grade or an team, A-grade side, a grade side um, and they trial the, the side. The as, trialists. As the trialists. Against. Against the all An established team. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And look, the difficulty obviously with that is when you're working with any sporting team, particularly one that's played together, mm. they have established roles and processes. They know each other. There's mm-hmm. familiarity and continuity in the way that they play. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, you're throwing a group of kids together mm-hmm. to play against them, and you wonder, you wonder why it's it's not be, it's, they're not competitive. And for anybody to then stand out in the um in the opposing side, it, it's extremely difficult. Mm. They have to be super special to be noticed, and sometimes that's just the way you know smaller sporting clubs are run, mm. and um, they're not looking for anybody new, and perhaps they've had yeah. considerable success over a period. Mm-hmm. And they're happy to keep it that way and they run it that way. Yeah, but let's be honest, it comes through different age groups where kids are at different, have different fitness levels than they did two years ago, both ways. Oh, absolutely. You could Uh, be much fitter than you once were or Mm -hmm. alternatively, you're a lot less fit than you once were. And point blank should not be in that team. Yeah. And look, look, there is that. Mm. There is that aspect and it happens sport the world over. I know. And sometimes it is about who you know, not what you know. But at the same time, I think what is also needs to be put into question is what are the grading or trial processes? And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is if you are having a game-related situation, why not have a look at the fitness of certain children? Why not have a look at the speed of certain children? Why not look at having the skill set of certain children mm-hmm. in warm-up drills where you get to see in a soccer example – how they might use both feet or their ball mastery, how quick they are over a short distance, their passing capacity when it's not under pressure mm. and they're not in a game situation. Mm-hmm. That way you can accurately identify some skills and traits of individuals before they get on the field mm-hmm. and you can intelligently pick a team that might be competitive mm. against another side. And mm-hmm. again, you also it doesn't necessarily – it's not about the A grade. It's about keeping kids in sport and longevity – and that's why we have multiple grades mm-hmm. because we want people playing Division 3 and Division 4 and we want people of yours and my age, Tiff, still going on to play weekend netball and weekend soccer with our friends in our 40s and 50s because we've enjoyed the journey all the way. It doesn't have to be about Div 1. It's, and that's what it's about. Mm. And uh, it's a frustrating thing sometimes. It's not the easiest thing to do. Mm. But we've, we've all seen it. Um, if you've got any interesting grading or trial Stories. processes that you'd like to share. We'd love Positive, to hear them. Well, Positive and or. And, and nightmare. Yeah. And because sometimes you may just be forced to go somewhere else. Mm.
Right, finally logistics. Logistics is a big one as we kick off into the new year. Now throughout the podcast we've talked about logistics kind of over and over in terms of it is one of the things that we as sports parents should be doing. That's it. We provide the love and logistics, as Joel Wilson so eloquently said in a previous podcast episode. Yep. So I guess, you know, as we're getting into new routines and establishing training days. And returning to school. And returning to school. What parents it's are talking about act. is sorting out the logistics. It's madness. <laughs> oh it is madness, God. isn't it? Oh, you text uh. this person and that person rings you and can you take them from there to there and then drop this person off here and I'll meet you there and I'll take your daughter here. and Yeah, and then you're carting breakfast in the car. So one had swimming this morning and then drove us straight to touch football before school started. So feeding her, shoving food down her throat. In the car. Um, in the car on the way and, you know, packing bags and uniforms and, and shoes And leaving one behind and, and taking one well, with actually, you. that happens. I've got a bone to pick with you. We might as well pick it in front of the whole what audience. What Miller had touch football training as well and she packed her school socks and she pulled out her school socks and there was one school sock folded with a sports sock and she almost lost her SHIT. Wasn't me. Well, I pointed the finger at you and so did everyone else because <laughs> you were in the car. It's a labour of love, Tiff. She said, who would do this? <laughs> Dad. <laughs> and I said, exactly. I never, ever... And I, I say this to everybody on this podcast and people who know me, I am that fanatical about matching socks and things. They well, would know. you got a school sock There's, match with a sports sock this morning that. and you ruined her morning. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I'm going to go to your cupboard, produce a set, and I'm going to put it on Facebook and I'm going to show everybody you are the single sock well, girl. I had to talk it down. You're the single sock girl. It's not me. <laughs> Oh, man. So, logistics. So, Let's, how are you feeling about the logistics? How do you work out the logistics? Who works out who's doing what? It's, I guess it works around parental work schedules. Of course it does. But, well, you know. Tomorrow I, afternoon. It's mm-hmm. a great example, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We've got one kid going to a strength training session. We've got one going to soccer training. And we have a podcast. Mm, in the car again. And we're going to do it in the car. So, I'm going to take one to strength. Mil- Tiffany's going to take one to soccer. We're going to meet at soccer in the car park, do the podcast, and then split and bring one home each. That's logistics for you. That's so, how mad. are you managing your logistics in uh, in the household? How do you work it out? Um, does someone do a morning shift? And as I said, it probably works out based on your work schedules. But, you know, it's a headache. It's a headache. And I guess the one thing I would say about the logistics and the difficulty of it for some kids is, you know, the fact is some parents just can't do it. No. And I do feel and sad for the kids that potentially miss out because the I logistics. I feel sad for the parents because some yeah, of them, they well, really want to. Too. They that's really want too. to, but they just dead set, straight out, can't. Mm. It's a tricky one, isn't it? I wanted to mention part of an email from um, one of our daughter's swimming coaches. And he has been involved in the Olympics himself as a coach previously. Mm-hmm. And um, he was you know, extremely excited to talk about the last two weeks in the Beijing Olympics and how exciting some of the races were and the amazing moments. But what he's written here is is really cool and it, it brings you back to where we should be. And he say, he writes, always what I am touched by is athletes' sportsmanship, the respect they hold for each other no matter what nation they come from. It always makes me realise how beautiful and great sport is. 
we can learn so many things from our from any sport really and he provides the link to the closing ceremony and says you will see some very emotional scenes and actions from all of the events in the past two weeks as highlights and the ceremony itself was amazing and if you have time please watch and enjoy it and this is a ultra competitive swim coach who loves nothing more than his athletes working hard and training hard and achieving their goals and he's brought us all back to telling us why we're in let's it. be honest and why, why we're, we're here. here in the first place so what parents are talking about in 2022 is remembering that sportsmanship or sportspersonship let's think about language indeed um, should be central to uh, everything we the do. experience that we are helping guide our kids through yep if anything for our kids and one's always been good at it and the other one perhaps not so much but has improved as well is enjoying others success Mm -hmm. and it's such a great thing by getting joy from watching other people do good things and when they're friends it is particularly powerful Mm, definitely Um, yeah it's so cool and to quote our oldest daughter (laughs) and her youngest now that's pretty bangers Do you have the word bangers going on in your household? It sounds a bit odd for our generation, but there's uh, there's everything seems to be bangers. Yeah. A good song, <laughs> a good movie. It's bangers. A good day. Oh, I had a bangers day or bangers class. Well, we uh, hope that 2022 is totally bangers for you and your sports kids. And we look forward to sharing it with you. That's gold. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sports Parenthood. Please leave a review, share with your friends, or visit our website, sportsparenthood.com.au, to connect. Catch you next week.